everybody. Uh, my name is Abbas Jafri, along with my co-host Naki Rizvi, and this is the first episode of the Poets of the Household podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today, wherever you are. And uh, today's kind of uh, first episode is a bit of an introduction. Uh, time, to, time to get our feet wet a little bit, uh, you know, introduce our group, kind of talk about our journey into poetry, and, uh, you know, talk about a little bit of, uh, you know, the different type of poetics, structure, non-structure, things of that nature, and just, you know, kind of a free-for-all discussion here in regards to poetry. So um, let's get right into it. Again, thank you so much for being with us today. So Naki, I'm going to pass it on to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about our group and, you know, what we're all about? Yeah, so this pod- podcast idea actually sprouted out of a group that we formed uh, roughly about a year now ago uh, with a group of Shia poets uh, based out of Toronto. Uh, and one of the purposes of gathering all these poets together was because we didn't have a some any sort of platform for us to uh, improve our poetry or share our poetry with each other or get together and discuss poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we formed this group. Uh, you know, we regularly try to share any resources for learning that we have. Uh, we try to offer feedback and crit- critique for each other's work. Um, we try to regularly have some sort of either virtual or in-person meeting where we could have these discussions, share our poetry, mm-hmm. uh, learn more about poetry together. Mm-hmm. Um, once in a while, we'll have a guest speaker as well. Uh, so far, we've only had one, but uh, hopefully, inshallah, soon we're going to have more as well. Um, so that's a little bit about the group. Um, maybe a buzz play. It's been about a year since we've had this group. Do you want to tell us uh, a little bit about um what are the benefits that you've seen come out of this group uh, whether it's for yourself or the other members of the group yeah absolutely um a lot of benefits a lot of benefits i mean i think on an individual basis we've all been writing and inshallah our guests will see other members of our group later on in other episodes for sure and see their talent and see their passion as well um but a, a lot of individual talents coming together in into one group which is very very um, rewarding, I would say, and fulfilling, because when you have a lot of individuals coming together with uh, with the same passion of poetry and the same love for the Ahlul Bayt, you know, you have something magic there, uh, for sure, right? So, um, you know, one of the benefits is that the improvement of our task or of our of our skill that we've had through poetry, right? I know for myself. Um, you know, you, you guys are all inspirations for myself. That's for sure. Um, because I try to strive to be better every single time I write. And that's because of the discussions that we've had, because of the pieces that we've shared, because of the pieces that we've heard each other recite. And, you know, it makes you better. It makes you kind of listen to that person and be like, okay, I want to write just like that. And it makes you, makes you very, um, very humble as well, because, you realize just how vast this ocean is and that you're just a drop, you know? So once you, once you realize that about yourself, um, you know, you try to make your drop bigger and become actually the ocean itself, even though that's most of more of an impossible task. But of course, you know, being a drop just with you brothers has been extremely rewarding, um, you know, especially and I because, think yeah. You touched on a really good point earlier. You said like, you know, there's, we're all coming from such diverse backgrounds. Like I have, I can, uh, there's some some poets in the group who are very, very strong in like this spoken word style yeah. of poetry. Other, others in, in that page poetry, the written poetry. Yeah. Others, uh, uh, you know, that are into like more like that, that rap and hip hop style of poetry as well. So it, because of that diversity of styles of poetry and the different perspectives that we're coming into poetry with, right. we learn and pick up on these different things. 
and they they collectively kind of improve uh, all of our poetry together yeah absolutely and 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 it created a brotherhood right like there's a lot of individuals who i knew in the past who didn't know i didn't know that they wrote i didn't know that they had this this passion of writing until they joined the group and i'm like oh you write as well i had no idea so i knew them from the past and then plus there's some guys who i just lost touch with they joined the group as well and then you know it, it kind of kind of start off uh where you kind of left off right so um a lot of individuals uh have have vastly improved themselves um you know um and again that, that's thanks to the group and thanks to everybody everybody in the group like um uh, and what happens is that when you realize that that person who you've known for so long in your life writes about the alphabet your love for that person grows as well because of who they love and who they write for. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's very, very, it's very, very double-sided. It's very, very rewarding. And, uh, you know, I hope inshallah that uh, this brotherhood uh, continues and that inshallah we have more people grow and join our group. You know what I mean? Because this is for the household, the Ahlul Bayt, who, uh, whose doors are always open, right? So we have to make sure our doors and our hearts are open, you know, for those individuals as well. And you know, you and I, Naki, have, have have gone, have discussed our own personal journeys through poetry, why we write poetry, why we've gone into it, you know. So, you know, share your journey with some of us. Uh, you know, let the world know exactly why you've gotten into this place and and why you've become a poet. Yeah, so like I mean, I've always been interested uh in Urdu poetry, mostly because of my dad. Uh, I owe mm -hmm. that to him a lot. Uh, he's always mm -hmm. been interested in poetry. His circle's always been poets, other poets as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I got into English poetry a little bit by accident. I was on the executive team of uh, TMA back in yeah. the day in university, yeah. and uh, we were hosting this uh, uh, this poetry slam for Imam Hussein, and we were barely getting any people coming in to participate. So I was like, okay, I'll put my name in there. I'll I'll try it out. We should have a good event. More people, more participants participating in this thing. Um, so I tried it out, and and uh, it worked out pretty well. I got some good feedback from a lot of the people. Uh, and then slowly, slowly started um, you know working on new pieces, reciting them in the com community. And getting a lot of uh, good feedback from uh, a, a lot of people, right. uh, but then I think that a, a lot of that might might have been like beginner's luck because I, right after I had that like peak, I just had this like years and years worth of uh, writer's block where I just couldn't yeah. write, yeah. and I just didn't know how to if I could like outwrite the past poetry that I had written that I really enjoyed and liked as well. Mm -hmm. um, in the middle, there was like it would be like you know a few uh, Urdu Nohakans reaching out for like. English nohas to see if, if I could write for them. Uh, alhamdulillah, I was able to do like maybe like around, like around nine or 10 different English kalams during that time. But that would be pretty much all I'd be writing. I think what really got me back into it was um, there was this uh, poetry event that you, uh, I think, were, were part of hosting in, in Al-Medi Center for Mamadis Biladat. And you had invited me. Um, and I, I was hesitant at first because I didn't have anything new. Uh, but I forced myself to write. And... Uh, after that event, you know, I called you up and I was like, hey, how, how can I actually get better at this? Like, I want to I want to get better at it. I don't see my poetry improving that much at all. I'm having these issues. Um, and uh, I remember you offered some advice of like some resources that I could uh, look into for learning more and breaking out of structure if that's the difficult part for me. And I think that's what really got me back into it and and starting to learn a lot more, taking courses online, yeah. uh, reading books. And of course, that's that's kind of how the journey went. Yeah, um, awesome. I, I want to know about your journey uh, a little bit as well. I know I know you yeah. also come from that Urdu background uh, of poetry. Your, your, your family has poets in them. Could you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? 
yeah, I mean, my grandfather was a poet in Urdu. Like, our, our background is Pakistan, right? So, Urdu poets, my nana was an Urdu poet, my grandfather. For those who don't know what a nana means, it's your mother's father. So, my nana was a, a poet. My uncle is a poet, my dad's younger brother. Uh, my uncle uh, is, uh, is a Noha Khan. Uh, he recites Urdu poetry. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of in the family. Uh, and then in, in regards to myself, like uh, I've been, I mean, uh, I've been reciting as well uh, since I was, I was, I was young. So although I never wrote till recently, not, not too long ago, I mean, I was always engulfed and ingrained and surrounded by poetry all the time, my entire life. So the poetry for the Al-Bayt was always, always there in front of me. Right. And, um, and so I think, you know, once you just become familiar and, and you're faced with poetry throughout your life, you kind of fall in love with it and I again this is why this group was called poets of the household because of who the poetry is about that's what made me fall in love with it because of how they their their fadail are praised and how their musiba was also communicated to us right I mean I don't think I would fall in love with poetry if I heard about trees and the sky and you know the streets and sunrise sunset throughout my life maybe I would I don't know but I know because of the way that you and I have been raised about just love for the Ahlul Bayt and hearing poetry that kind of drove me to here. Um, and then, you know, growing up because I, and I, and Alhamdulillah, you know, I still, I still recite in Urdu um, as much as I can, but I remember there was a, a program uh, not too long ago. And I think you were in the program too, called uh, celebrating the messenger at uh, Joffrey community center here in Toronto, JCC hosted by the Almeida youth society. And um, that was even though I, I I wrote a little bit, like very like here and there, man, in high school, like very very little, like like I wouldn't even like include that part of my journey because that was just so so few and far between, like years in between. But that that event happened. I think what that was event what 2017, 2018. You remember? Something around that, yeah. It was Something been, around it's been a while, time. maybe yeah. even before 2016. Yeah. But um, and, and I've always had that drive to write. You know, um, it's just. The Urdu language is so rich and there's so many kind of rules behind it. Um, and because I'm more comfortable with English, I go, you know what, let me try something here. Let me, and you know, they were registering names and through my hat, I threw my name in the hat and uh, Alhamdulillah I was able to kind of recite uh, my first piece. And that, and then, you know, as you say, the rest is history, right? It kind of snowballed there and we're here today. And then, uh, you know, just every Wiladat, Every shahadat, I've always tried to write something, whether it's two lines, four lines, a poem, doesn't matter what it is. And because of that love I have for Urdu, I kind of transitioned that into English, and even that style, right? That we that you and I are so used to, right? Like uh, the the meter, right? Kafiya Radif, all that stuff. Kind try to bring that into English because that's all we knew. And uh, alhamdulillah, you know, it, it became successful. It kind of grew and it kind of grew an audience. And I think nothing even like, I think because we wrote, um, a lot of people became familiar with English poetry. Although, I mean, don't get me wrong, all over the world, there's, you know, big poets. I mean, Nuri Sardar, Tahir Adil, Zain Awan, like Zain's a friend of ours, you know, like they, they've written all their lives uh, for sure. But I, and just kind of North America, um, the familiarization of English was not there. Um, so kind of with English Maasai, you know, a lot of our older generation are like, you know, what's going to happen when the youth are going to grow up? Are they going to know or do well English? Is there even like a grief aspect to English Maasai or not? Alhamdulillah, they've heard it and they're kind of at ease now. 
Um, and I think the same with English poetry, right? I think because yeah. we've written so much that, you know, it helps, it helps with the, with kind of the familiarization and the, and the love for poetry as well. Yeah. I think like uh, one thing I, I've heard you say in the past as well, and for me is the same thing is that not uh, taking it back to like the, uh, the reason we made this group and like how this group has helped uh, improve us as well. I think, we both were in the same boat of like writing in a in a certain way, in a structured way, you know, with that Urdu uh, yeah. philosophy of the meter and the and the rhyme. Right. Um, yeah. And I think like this group really helped us break out of that and, and explore like, okay, how do how do how does it how does it work if you don't write in structure, right? What how do you how do you write in free verse and exploring mm -hmm. different aspects of poetry like metaphor and imagery and things like that? Mm -hmm. Can you can you? What is your what's your experience been a little uh, I guess you 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 touched on it a little bit that you know in, initially you were writing in very structured verses uh yeah. with that rhyming scheme. Uh, yeah. what's your journey been like starting from that and like right now have you have you completely broken out of that? Are you still writing a little bit of that? And do you, do you see yourself writing that in the future? Uh yeah, I mean I I, I don't want to go away from it completely um because I, I remember you know, I had a discussion with my uncle once about poetry um, because they have this, they have in Urdu literature, they have uh, an aspect of free verse as well, right? Like, uh, like it's called, well, we thought Azad Nazm was like outside of meter. It's actually in meter. They have another term, uh, Nasim Azam. Is it, sorry, uh, what's it called? Nasreen Nazm. Nasreen Nazm. There we go. I was yeah. get that. I always get that mixed up. Nasreen Nazm is more free verse, open, uh, open spoken word type. Um, but one thing my uncle always said was that you go there once you can master the structure, right? Your goal should always write because Urdu is very, uh, it, it encourages and it's it, it's very uh, like it faces a lot towards structure, right? That's the goal. Um, and once you can write within structure, then you can kind of move towards a more of a free verse, right? So I. I kind of took that advice uh, from my English poetry, um, and and because I <clears throat> I only knew Urdu poetry uh, structure within Urdu. I again, like I said, I translated that to English, and but I felt. I, but then I would read open verse, uh, so kind of free verse spoken word pieces as well, and I had tried to write free verse and spoken word, but the thing is, is like I always enjoyed the challenge of the structure, right? To have a thought, have an idea bound by a meter. Like if you can express that within a meter uh, and, and you kind of accept that challenge and you're able to be successful, I think that is very honorable, right? And very, uh, it's, it's very good. Um, but that's not the end all be all, right? Like uh, I still, uh, now I've kind of, and, and, and we could talk and you're going to talk, I'm going to ask you about this too. So get ready. Um, we've kind of, shifted towards uh structure to kind of free verse right because english literature is very open to free verse in fact like based on what we've read uh, on the 20th century or so uh kind of meter and structure uh, and and weight and all that has kind of uh you know it's kind of known as ancient poetry now it's old now free verse uh spoken word is very much so accepted now and so because we're writing in english we're not writing in Urdu anymore, right? So it's good as an introduction to have Urdu in structure and meter because that's where you're coming from. But the goal should be to transition into what, because you're writing in English, what English literature accepts, right? And a lot of people might look at 
free verse and they might read it be like this is easy you're just writing open lines that's that's not challenge it actually is challenging and we'll get into structure versus non-structure in a little bit there actually is a challenge behind that um which I, and i personally thoroughly enjoy writing in in free verse and spoken word because remember poetry the goal is poetry that's the goal here free verse spoken word encourages for you to be a poet for you to get that poetic expression out right if you can do that in structure by all means right but the thing is you're bound when you're bound you can't move around a lot right just the definition of being bound but when you're free you can kind of explore and let your thoughts uh kind of freely flow to be exact so kind of this is where i am right now from a structure am i going to stop writing structure no i'm not because i do see myself writing English nohas with Matam and you need structure there. Uh, I believe you do. So I'm not, I'm not going to stop that. I am going to visit it here and there because I do like the challenge. I'm like, okay, let me challenge myself. Let me try to compact this thought into a meter. Um, so I'm going to continue writing that, but I thoroughly enjoy free verse. How about yourself? Man, tell me your journey. I know like we've, we've, we've talked about this so many times, man. So just tell me yeah. what you think about this. Yeah, I think I come from a similar background, right? Where like I, I thought poetry needed to be structured. Like that is what poetry is. The definition of poetry would be something that's metered and rhymed. And that's yeah. a that's the definition that the Urdu background of ours yeah. uh, kind of dictates. Um, but one one thing I found when writing English poetry in that style, which is how I started, um, was that like a lot of times I would just add a lot of words that weren't needed for that line uh, or to mm -hmm. convey that meaning. Or I would because I'm trying to meter a certain rhyme, I would just add an extra lines or just to add fluff essentially to meet that rhyming and the meter uh, structure mm -hmm. that I had set up for myself to get the meaning across. So maybe, I, maybe I could say the same thing in two lines if I was to say it in free verse, but I'm saying it now in like six or seven lines, um, right. which I think in Urdu is actually accepted. Like they're okay to have filler shares in, in, the, in between, right? Like not every share is going to be dat wala, but right. uh, you know, with English, it's, one, it's like a pretty uh, rhyme-poor language. There isn't many rhyme yeah, to it's it. Uh, it's limited. And you have to be a really uh, an expert uh, when it comes to like putting everything in exact meter, you know, mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with like matching the feet and the iams and the trochies and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I found my poetry started to, to like degrade a little bit and mm -hmm. started to sound more immature because I'm forcing these rhymes, adding extra words, trying to meet this meter. Right. But then... And it was also uncomfortable for me not to do that because we've come from this mindset where we think that's the only thing uh, we can do. But right. once I started learning how to write in free verse, and yeah. a lot of this came from reading a lot of good free verse poetry. And I think right. that's the biggest challenge that we have is that we because we haven't read really good poetry that isn't mm -hmm. structured or structured in the way that we are traditionally think of structure, mm -hmm. uh, we don't think that it's possible. But mm -hmm. after reading such so much, so much good poetry, I was able to get that inspiration and apply it to my own writing. And I realized like free verse, I'm able to say so much more in such few words, a lot more beautifully, exactly the way I want it to be. Um, right. And it kind of starts to like highlight other areas of poetry, such as like we were mentioning metaphors, right? Or imagery um, and yeah. just those creative thought thoughts that sometimes come that you can't express in a structured way. Right. Like, like, the, so the goal of poetry from me, from, from my perspective is that it's art, right? And instead of having a paintbrush in your hand, you're trying to draw a picture with words, right? And so free verse 
allows you to be free with your pen. Instead of a paintbrush, you have a pen in your hand, right? And then you are trying to draw a picture in the reader's mind with your words, right? And so free verse allows you to do that. And it's and honestly, like, like you said, like uh, we've read some magnificent pieces about free, uh, like free verse pieces about things about the Ahlul Bayt that we never thought could be ever be explored, right? And it's literally, it's jaw-droppingly beautiful pieces that we've we've read. And that's the beauty of having a non-structured piece because you are literally, uh, you're literally an artist and you're, the paper in front of you or your phone in front of you now these days is like an empty canvas, right? And you're trying to draw a picture with words. That's exactly what it is. Like when somebody is in a museum and they look at pictures, they're trying to decipher, you know, what is this art piece trying to say? Similarly, with poetry, you're trying to figure out, okay, what is this poet trying to say, right? And that's the beauty of poetry as well, right? Is, you know, you want to leave the reader guessing. You know, you want to give them a glimpse of your thought. You don't want to give them your full thought. You want to give them a glimpse, like a small little hint of what you think they're trying to say and let them complete the picture in their mind, right? So that's what's very beautiful about having a non-structured piece. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but like I am in such a way where I prefer non-structure over structure so much because it's just, it's letting you just be open and free. And, and like you said, create an image, create that metaphor. And I think we'll talk about metaphor maybe in our next episode. But um, when you have, like, if you want to talk about, um, like, for example, yourself, I'll, I'll use your, one of your pieces as an example. Like you talked about uh, the sunflower, right? In one of your pieces. Um and the way that, and I'm going to let you talk about this in a minute, because I want you to kind of explain to our listeners where you got that from. Um, but the way that you were to tie that into Karbala and the language that you used, and for our listeners, for our watchers, go on Nucky's Instagram page and just and, and read that, read that, really. Like it'll hit you in the heart and you might have to read it two, three times. It's very deep, but kind of. Go and let let the listeners know and the watchers know and our viewers know, you know your journey into that sunfire and why you chose that specific metaphor for that piece and what it's about. Yeah, I think like uh, of course I think we're gonna like touch on metaphors more uh, in in future episodes, but like to give a brief overview, like a lot of it is just thinking through, like reflecting a lot and having deep thought about a certain event, for example, right. In that particular uh, a poem, there was this, uh, there was this illustration or painting I, I've seen. I think it's an Iranian painting where Imam Hussein is the only one, and there's just hordes of of armies with spears attacking him. He's like alone when this like this hordes of um, of army with 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 spears. And I just right. took that image, and I was just thinking about that image, and and that image in my mind started to become like showering down spears in a way, right? And then. Mm-hmm cloud and the rain the metaphor uh and then the imagery of a sunflower kind of looking up and there's no sun and it's trying to find that sun so i think a lot of it requires a lot of reflection deep thinking and like imagination in your own mind to start to draw parallels between two different things and try to create that metaphor um bringing it back yeah yeah sorry go ahead i was gonna say bringing it back to the uh uh, something that you, you you were touching upon earlier uh, unless unless you had something to add. Yeah, I just wanted to add one piece before you move you move on to the to, yeah. to the next uh, subject, is that's the beauty of 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 of, of uh, having free verse, right? Like you have one image that you're trying to encapsulate in one piece, 
Whereas with structured, you'll have a verse, you're trying to encapsulate one thought in a verse, and then you'll move on to the next verse with another thought, and then the next verse with another thought. It's multiple thoughts in one piece, which is nice, don't get me wrong, but I like the idea of having one kind of idea, one thought, one image expanded upon into one whole piece, right? Take me yeah. on a journey, paint me in that picture, right? And that's what's beautiful. That's what's beautiful about having a non-structured piece and having free verse and spoken word, which is why English has its own beauty. I mean, a lot of people say that English is not beautiful. You know, you can't cry in English. You know, you can't appreciate the, the virtues of the Ahlul Bayt in English. Nothing has been further from the truth, to be honest with you. Like I can compare an English piece to an Urdu piece. Honestly, I'm not, and don't get me wrong. Urdu is a much richer language than English, but that doesn't mean that by default, Urdu, this Urdu Kalam will always defeat this English Kalam. No, I mean, Arabic is probably the richest language that we have in the world. It's the, it's, it's the language of Allah. It's the language of the Quran, but that doesn't mean Urdu doesn't have its own richness. Of course it does. Right. So we can't compare it because Urdu has its own beauty. English has its own beauty. Sorry, go ahead. You're going to say one thought. Uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I think I think the biggest challenge is helping people understand that English has its own beauty and yeah. being able to show that. Uh, and I was going to mention, like, the community acceptance part. Um, and I think I've seen you personally uh, post, uh, you know, going from that journey from posting that structured poetry. And, like, a lot of the community, I've seen them, like, uh, the elder generation who might not be as familiar with English poetry, they really appreciated that. And then once you've transitioned that into writing uh, free verse, They've accepted that even more because they've seen that structure and they've kind of, you kind of had this transition phase, right? And that mm -hmm. transition phase was trying to bring these people in to appreciate mm -hmm. English. And now, now they're able to appreciate something that in their minds would never be considered poetry, which is free. Yeah, bring verse, them in right? through a form that they're familiar with. Familiar with, exactly. Right? Kind of, yeah. you know, kind of bring them in and then introduce what English kind of encourages, right? Exactly. And I, I think you've done that really well. Um and I think we the goal we should have is to continue to just improve and ex excel in our craft so much that we're able to provide the community with such high level or high caliber of English poetry, yeah, yeah. Uh, where they do they do value it as much as Urdu, for example, in our communities yeah. at least. Yeah, and and allow me to say, Nahi man, like your journey has been epic, man. Like I, I I've sent you personal messages, um, like like I've seen from where you are, which was already an outstanding place for you to mashallah grow to where you are right now where your pieces are are remarkable like you you paint such a picture man and it's very very it's very very um like uh, it's just it's hard as as a writer i should have these words right but i think it's like it's you're trying to find the proper word to do justice right but it's just like you get lost into those words mashallah like the piece that you wrote for bibi sakina for her shahadat uh is is outstanding um uh, and you know that's that's from them like we have to understand that's that's from them like this this journey of poetry right this is from that wish of Sayyidah fatima right i'm saying that yeah you know um, i pray for a nation to cry over my hussein this is the way that we're crying nohaz latmiya manqabat you know qasidas these are all poetry about the Ahlul Bayt, right? Like, we have to understand that. Like, yeah, one noha might be full of Masaib, but it's a poem at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And, and people cry through poetry. And this is the result of that wish from Sayyidah Fatima, right? And, and Alhamdulillah, like, like, and I think, you know, we should mention those Urdu poets who have really appreciated kind of this English journey. And we're talking about established 
Urdu poets who know literature, Urdu literature, like the back of their hand, who migrated from Pakistan to here, for them to give us these words of encouragement, whether in person, whether it's through a message on the phone, whether it's through social media, replying to one of our posts, I think you and I should appreciate them for doing that because English is a foreign language for them. We were born and raised here. You know, we're kind of stuck in yeah. the middle. We have, we have, uh, you know, South Asian parents, but we're born and raised in the West. So we're kind of in between. They are, they've migrated from there, right? Uh, and 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 kudos to them to having such an open mind and having such a, you know, such a loving heart towards this, towards us. And because of them, honestly, we're able to move through this journey. So I just want to mention that that they deserve our 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 praise and our thank you for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I guess on that note, uh, do you want to end this podcast with some of your own poetry? Yeah, I think it'd be nice, you know, if it's a poetry podcast, we should have poetry, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, I'll share a small piece uh, and then uh, in Bismillah, you'll, you'll, you'll share one as well, inshallah. Okay, so let me just uh, open here. What do I have here? Uh, okay, just bear with me for one moment. I should be more prepared, but you know how sometimes phones reset? <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. Yeah, you got it. Okay, I got it here. Okay. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. <clears throat> Hussein comes from the word beauty. Then why is there pain when I say his name? Perhaps that is beauty, as there is no coincidence that Hussein and Hassin are spelt the same. For there's nothing more gorgeous than seeing a tear flow, nothing more attractive than seeing emotion grow from the heart that trembles when they hear his name. The pain that awakens souls from their slumber, reminding them of their purpose and wonder how a perfect slave of God captured broken hearts and made them united to create an undefeated power, all by saying Hussein. And amongst the tears she shed for Ali Akbar, the screams she shrieked for Abbas and feeling faint over Hussein, all Zainab saw was beauty. So therefore, pain equals beauty. Hussein equals beauty. Pain equals beauty. Hussein equals beauty. Thank you. SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. What a beautiful poem. I, I really, really like this poem. Alhamdulillah. Thank it's you so much. it's both powerful thought-provoking and beautiful and i love how you were able to get out capture all those aspects in one poem thank you so much man bismillah man. i can't i want to hear your piece now man please share the world you're telling lucky yeah so this is a recent piece i wrote um for the shah of the bibi sakina mm -hmm. uh, um, mm. a traumatized child bruised confused mm. a painter's palette a mixture of hues a pale canvas, shades of reds and blues, such a striking image. Allahu Akbar. She draws on the dark, damp dungeon sand, a fleeting memory with tiny hands of when she last laid on her father's chest, like a lost nestling searching for her nest. She draws cracked lips too dry to smile. She draws eyes still in shock from trials. She trembles as she draws his trembling hands. She draws his chest, then lays on the sand. Oh, yeah. 
Tears of blood trickle down her face, landing on the drawing his beard they trace. Allah. She looks, but remembers a severed head raised. Mm. She anxiously wipes the image away that from her memory can never be erased. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. SubhanAllah, Naki, like the Messiah that you are able to draw on your paper with these words uh, for Bibi Sakina. Like I've, we've we've talked about this piece and even the other guys in the group have mentioned this, mashallah, may through the intercession of Sayyidah Ruqayya, may your pen grow stronger, brother. This is one of your best, this is what I'm talking about. When I talked about your growth, mashallah, like it's not just wordplay. I'm not just trying here, it's just to, kind of caress your ego or, or 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 you know just say words that don't mean anything no like you're proving it mashallah i may may, may may your peace be accepted in uh, in the eyes of bibi ruqayya and sayyidah fatima inshallah man mashallah keep it up bro please keep it up thank you bro and i, I can't take the credit just by that like i i have to admit like my mentor tahir adil i think mm. because since i have started mentoring with him uh, mm. that's where i've seen my poetry soar and and with all of his help and insights and his encouragement, well, I think that's really helped. It really, it really does, you know, go to show that I think with any craft, you need yeah. to have that guide and have someone there with you to help you elevate Absolutely. yourselves. And Absolutely. hopefully, you know, that's what that's what the purpose of one the, the group that we formed is as well to help each other out yep. uh, as much as we can as well. Inshallah, inshallah. Now this was a very good first episode, uh, so I think we're good to conclude it here. Uh, thank you so much to all of our viewers. And all of our listeners for joining us for the first episode. Again, this is the first episode. Inshallah, we'll have more. And we will introduce all of you to our wonderful poets in our group. Um, this was just kind of a glimpse we want to show you inside of our group that, uh, that, we, that we have. Alhamdulillah, we're very lucky to have this group of brothers. And uh, inshallah, you will meet them. And uh, we'll have more to say, inshallah. So please join us for the next episode of the Poets of the Household podcast.